seen any good movies? Uh, well, you and I haven't, you, we've watched a few, like we've caught up, I guess, more on like movies from maybe last year, the last two years. We watched The Last Duel. It's we actually good. Watched Don't be afraid. The Green Knight. Also very good. Don't be afraid. What was the? I feel like there was another one we watched that we kind of caught up on. We saw. We already talked about seeing Drive My Car. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um. There's a few. I there's upcoming movies I'd like to see. Or um. We've been watching kung fu movies. Yes. Uh. Definitely. It's okay. You can say that you watch kung fu movies. I've always enjoyed. Like martial arts and kung fu We watched movies. Once, a time, Once Upon a Time in China last night. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, we sort of started out like... Um, I had never seen like the classic Bruce Lee movies um, in the last year, so we watched some of those. Uh, we started watching like Criterion and some of the streaming have um, some like classic Jackie Chan movies. And uh, lately we've been watching some Jet Li uh movies and things like that so it's just um i've just yeah I, I found them like very comforting and fun to watch um some of them are are like especially the ones that are really intended for like a, a chinese audience um you know there's definitely like a genre of like buddhist uh martial arts um you know the more mystical of course people would like think of like crouching tiger hidden dragon but like films that are like that maybe a little bit lower budget um so just yeah those have been just nice we've been re-watching a little bit of uh tng also always very good always very good yeah just kind of like slipping into like a, a warm bath just very comforting uh to go back to uh oh sorry tng means star trek the next generation that's right <laughs> not everybody knows that i yeah I probably the best TV show in the history of TV. Yeah. Just absolutely fantastic. Just blows current Star Trek and Picard right out of the water. Yeah. Like no it's it's really it's there's no comparison. No. Uh whoever's doing Picard should just be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I can't believe they're just making that garbage and and people are having to pretend that it's Star Trek. <laughs> or or just it as could good. just you know it could just be so much better. I think what I'm um, the expanse uh, you know is really the last um, except for the last season of the oh, expanse was also just dog shit. Yeah, just incredible, just steaming piles of garbage. I mean, if you've read the books, you can the first see... five the first five seasons were very good. Yeah, if you've read the books, you can kind of see what went wrong with season six. Um, basically, they're trying to take. Uh, the, you know, last six, six, seven, eight, nine, and then I haven't read 10 yet. Or no, nine is the last one, sorry. Six, seven, eight, they're trying to take like the last three books and kind of condense them down. But they also, um, the expanse is weird because, um, because I read the books, um, they're actually setting it up so that if the show comes back i think they might have gotten canceled unexpectedly because it's a it's a Very half possibly, it's a yeah. half season that um sort of yeah it it really or they were told like you only get half a season to sort of wrap things up um so like i can i i can see why it's bad and like i don't i don't think it's necessarily the showrunners 
fault, I think that something unexpected happened in the in the development process um, for them, and they did their best to like leave some things like they set up so that if maybe a movie or something came out in the future, um, there is something there to build on. Like there's some context. Um, but, uh, if you haven't read the books, like John's been reading the books, but he hasn't read past, uh, what are you on four or five right now? Uh, I forget. I could go look. Yeah. It corresponds to season five in the show. Right. Yeah. So Marco and Eros. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten past, like there's a big time jump in the, in the expanse. So if you haven't gotten past that, um, then you probably don't know what the hell they're aiming for in the season. Anyways, the expanse is kind of like the last, you know, new series. And I, you and I don't really watch a lot of new series is too much. Not um, really. That has felt like hard side sci-fi, like, um, actually asking like, what if sort of questions? Um, but like, there's so many, um, you know, old Star Trek really relied on, um, digging into, um, like sci-fi short stories, sci-fi writers. Um, and there's good sci-fi being written right now. Like, um, I really enjoy like Ted Chang who writes actually Chinese, uh, science fiction writers have been, uh, putting out good stuff. Um, Ted Chang short stories, uh, which one of which arrival was based on, um, are great. They're not all necessarily sci-fi, but, um, somebody who really understands sort of the heart of science fiction. Um, I'm right. I'm reading the three body problem series right now. That's actually something new I'm doing. Um, and, uh, there is supposed to be a Netflix series based on that. So see if that's any good. I think we tried, we tried watching the foundation series yeah, a little bit, but honestly, of. the fo- foundation books never caught for me. So the series really wasn't probably not going to catch for me either. Although I do really like Jared Harris. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. And, uh, Caterpillar eyebrow guy. <laughs> Lee Pace. Lee Pace. Um, also very good. He's perfect for the emperor. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, foundation. But it's just kind of just kind of the same old like Drek. I think also. I don't know. Part of the it's too much like ooh science will save us. Part of the the, the science will not save us. Yeah, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> I think there's also just a logistical thing. Like foundation is not on any of the streaming platforms that we subs- like. I think that if I saw foundation on like crave or something like that i'd probably like pop it on like in these you know last few blizzard days uh but um i clarify sorry i'm not a science yeah. denier <laughs> just like uh just that fetishization of scientists yeah it's, um, a, it's a fun know. strange thing for science fiction but it's like you can't really buy it too much. I mean, it, it's it's, it is of, what it is. It's because of where the books come out of. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I realize there's a context for that. But, uh, yeah, so having that kind of fell off. I feel like it's something I could come back to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've just, what is it? I, I've been, you know what, I've been, um, I've been getting into just sort of like um, some some classic background TV uh, genres, like... Um, uh, watching National Geographic shows about ancient Egypt and archaeology and history. Um, that's, you know, I've I've been really doing a lot of comfort watching and just like, 
I can have those on and I can, um, I've been sewing, um, little felt kind of, I know you can't see this, so I'm like, you can't see me holding up my llama. Um, but I've been making these, um, little wool felt, um, stuffies that I'll make into like a mobile for mobile, whatever, <laughs> a thing for the baby to look at when it's in sound it's off crib. in the comments, folks, baby mobile or baby mobile and help us settle the argument. I could be completely wrong and it's Jill's baby mobile and I say baby mobile and uh, I'm completely willing to be 100% wrong. I'll keep saying mobile as a bit for a while <laughs> until I get sick of it. Yeah, until, until it stops annoying me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, I, this is a, yeah, I've made the, these little stuffed llamas, little stuffed cactuses, um, clouds and a sun. So when I'm done them all, I'll, um, I've got like a hoop to kind of hang them on. Um, it's actually kind of funny, uh, because the pattern I bought them from is from a designer on Etsy and getting into like looking at baby things on the internet, like that's a whole other like as like realm of the universe. Uh, so all of these baby mobile patterns are very funny because the way that they tell you to put them together is it baby mobile like batmobile <sighs> just let it go okay i'm sorry let I'm it go over. the way that they tell you to put them together is so that when you are taking your like instagram picture of your nursery or whatever it is the viewer the adult viewer um, standing beside the crib can see the cute little llamas from the side um, and whatever. It looks good from the side, but this is meant for a baby who is underneath it. And so if you if you hung it like this, the view for this, the baby would not see the colorful bits. They would just have a view of the underside of your llamas. It just looks like a piece of like beige felt. <laughs> Two basically. little pegs on it. Um, and, uh, it would not be very interesting. Not at all. I would not, if I was a baby looking yeah, up at that, I would wanna, not be interested in that see, at all. I wouldn't know what's you happening. You want to see llamas. Um, they've got these little cute sleepy expressions. So the, like the design, like misaligned it? Well, they, they. It's when your baby mobile mobile becomes like an aesthetic piece yeah, of exactly. your, it's, of your decorative space yeah, exactly. rather it's, than a functional tool for your baby. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the idea is that your baby has something to look at, you know, it helps their, it helps them develop their visual tracking and their visual focus and all that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, so I have to figure out how to actually hang all the pieces in a different way so that it's oriented in a baby's eye view rather than an adult Instagrammer influencer eye view. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I kind of thought this Live was... your life from the baby's eye view, yeah. not the Instagram eye view. Yeah. So they're kind of fun. Just some life advice there. Um, I mean, it's just a nice, uh, you know, I knitted a few sweaters and now I'm doing this, um, kind of with the mind too was, um, once, uh, the mobile is no longer needed, um, the little llamas or toys can be taken off and then they can just be used as toys. Um, and I made them out of um, like sort of a wool blend felt. So rather than like the felt you get at the Dollarama or even the craft store here, um, it has like a more natural kind of soft feel to it. 
Um, but yeah, so it's kind of in progress. Um, that's been nice to just sort of like sew and craft and chill out during the blizzard. So it's the blizzard. It's actually still happening. It's kind of still had snowing. Yeah, the third, fourth, fifth day now. But whatever, it'll it'll end eventually. The wind and is then not as bad. The wind's not as bad. Yeah, we're crafting through the blizzard. <laughs> we and can't we're, drive anywhere anyway. No, our car's battery's dead. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. So no, it's kind of nice though not to have that that yeah. option. It's nice taking the bus. It's something that I actually enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Talk shit about Winnipeg public transit all you want, but you know, like I think people. It's uh, if you don't have to rely on it to get to work and have to re- be somewhere at a very specific time, it's actually kind of it's kind of nice. It's going to be a little more annoying this week for me getting to school. Um, luckily, my route is pretty simple. And when you take the bus at peak hours, it's not as much of a pain in the butt uh, to catch it. Um, and I, I do enjoy again. I also enjoy the bus. Uh, I like being able to just pop on my earbuds and just. You know. It shows you like how the bus and the public transit is actually like as a concept like super cool. Yeah. It's one of the things that fascinated me as a kid growing up outside of the city and then driving mm-hmm. into the city and seeing these buses all around stuffed with people and imagining what what's it like in there? What's yeah. it like to be like in this big container like full <laughs> of like people of your neighbor? Oh, I like, your I like and it. And it's a great experience. Honestly, yeah. like it's a public it's a it's a like a public space I mean, where you get to be around on the hottest, other people on the hottest days in like August. Okay, when if you it have smells to, like barf, yeah, and you know, I've had some less than stellar experiences taking the bus from when I worked at Pollux on North Main down through downtown to Osborne. Um, you can on complain hot about days in that. the summer, but and you can complain about the fare being too high. It should obviously be free. Yeah, and um, you know, you can complain about people acting up on the bus but those are all factors that have people nothing to do with the bus driving in traffic people anyways. are acting up in traffic anyway people are acting up in life all around you <laughs> okay nobody's doing good right now so that's not the people on the bus's fault uh it's just you know it's just it's just just a nice thing i don't know it's just fascinating still have a nice fascinating uh, uh connection to it's public transit still fascinates me yeah. We still always will uh, will need it. Well, That's why it needs to be I free don't... at the point of use and we don't yeah. need to reinvent it and we don't need to Uber have Uber for everything. Yeah. Just have good buses. That's yeah. it. We're good to go. Absolutely. Make it um, electric. We used to have electric streetcars here, by yeah. the way. That's a different conversation. But anyways, I but it's I'm neat. I'm fine. The only thing <laughs> now that there's more snow, I'm kinda like, okay, how am I gonna uh how am I going to plan my, I was like, oh, do I think the dog park, am I going to be able to get across the dog park? Uh, Cause my, my route to school, um, I like to get like a hot drink in the morning and then get to school. Uh, that's the only part of my bus route that I'm kind of like, okay, how am I going to do that? Maybe I should just take some tea and uh, a little jar of milk. It'll only be to, a one or two days. Yeah, no, it's okay. fine. It's so totally fine. fine. Uh, not a problem at all, but, um, yeah, so we're getting the, the car sort of fixed up. Um, and then this week is, uh, ultrasound week. This is not, not where you were going. <laughs> no, you can go ultrasound week. No, no, I don't need to. I just want, you, you can talk about ultrasound stuff. Do you need to finish your, your transit? 
No, I'm done my transit rant. Oh, okay. It's fine. There'll be way more opportunities for transit rant, <laughs> rants in the future. Don't worry. I don't need to get all the rants out yeah. at once. It's so, fine. yeah, we're... Um, uh, I've been talking a lot. I feel bad. Okay. Do you want to talk about ultrasound? You can do Briefly. it. It's good because we want to talk about what being pregnant is like. Yeah. And walk walk through it. Okay, what's happening? So... I do want to put this out. <laughs> I want to briefly talk about like Easter stuff. Can we talk about ultrasound and then Easter? Yes, but let's segue. Okay. So, um, yeah, ultrasound, uh, they do sort of like the big one at 20 weeks where they try to get a real good look, um, see what's up. Um, If they can, determine the sex of the baby. Um, It's kind of interesting. That's sort of like the first question people ask you uh when you tell them is do you know the gender which um you know i well no uh gender and sex are different um and uh you know even if you know the biological sex of your child you may not know the gender for quite a long time um so i'm more just looking to see is the baby healthy um it's always reassuring to go in and see it kicking around um so the first scan we went for it's kind of hard to like because you can't feel it and it's not you it's not like showing um early on and so the reality of it um until you sort of see it on a scan uh isn't really there and then yeah then you see it and it's doing a little jig and flashing its little butt at you or whatever it's doing um, becomes a little more real. But uh, yeah, so we're, I think I have to go in solo. I don't know if, if John's allowed into this one, this one's more the medical one. Um, But uh, hoping to just find out that everything's a okay. Chow checks out. Um, If they find out the sex, great, but not too, not too hot and bothered about it. And, uh, yeah, and then that will kind of, that'll feel like a bit of a a milestone. Um, But uh, I guess to sort of finish off with things that are happening this week, uh, it is Easter weekend, uh, which this will kind of be the last year where that feels like a kind of whatever weekend after this, you know, again, (laughs) I'm always like, knock wood, if everything goes well, and as we're expecting, um, after this year, we'll have a tiny person who uh, will become increasingly interested in uh, in Easter happening. Um, but John and I have maybe very different experiences to draw on uh, for what Easter looks like and means. Are we going to tell our child about Easter? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Are we going to raise them as a Christian? Uh you don't have to. They'll go to school and find out all about it. Um, no, we'll have. <laughs> we can't let that happen. We'll have to remove all traces of Christianity from public schools before then. That's why you're a school teacher's dear. Oh my god. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So John and I. No Easter. We can't eradicate Easter. It's we fine. couldn't even eradicate Christmas. Yeah. So um, parody joke. This is. A, Yes. You can't tell by my voice, but I am joking and joking. smiling and having fun saying yes. this ridiculous shit. Yes. So, John and I, as previously discussed, had different upbringings. Um, so, I had a far more experience, uh, secular experience of Easter, while John's uh, 
had a little more of a religious flavor to it. Well, I don't know if it was, I don't know. Let's, let's see. I don't, we had the Easter bunny. You would have had the secular Easter stuff. Plays. There was the secular pagan stuff like grafted onto the religious stuff. Yeah. Uh, like there was never like a moral panic about Easter for some reason, even though it's just as pagan as Halloween. Yeah. Just as pagan as Christmas. I think people way, try like, periodically, but it never quite sticks. They try, but um, mostly, um, we didn't do, you had more of, maybe you had more of like a Catholic exposure around Easter. I'm not sure, but it's like one of the big days if you're not a practicing religious person that you'd be going going to church on Christmas and Easter or whatever. Yeah. But we, we, went, we went to church every week. We went to Sunday school every week. Mm-hmm. So there'd be like the Easter, Easter palette. Easter pageants. Yeah. Sunday school pageants. There'd be like a Palm Sunday thing too. I don't know if you were ever. I see. I didn't know. um, Was it? I didn't experience or really know much about Palm Sunday until um, my, after my grandma died, my grandpa started going to church again to the United Church. And uh, there was sort of a brief period where um, my parents made me go to church with grandpa for whatever reason, they just decided that's the thing to do until I just literally stopped getting out of bed and refused to. Um, and uh, so I did experience uh, a Palm Sunday or two at the United Church. With the, there's still like there's the nothing palms. to it when you just had like kids waving palm- yeah. palms, or I guess we live in Manitoba, so fake palms, ferns. I don't know if they, I think do they you had use palms. Some, I think they had real ones, I think they did. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where they came from. But I don't know. It, haven't, I, I haven't experienced that lately. Because so I took, I don't know I took the palm do. home, and oh, okay. it eventually went brown. Like, it was a palm. Ah. It was a palm leaf. There was a greenhouse in, in Mooseman, so maybe they... Okay, yeah. They, we do have greenhouses. It's true. Um, they could source a local palm. Yeah. and Frond. Know, palm they, frond. They import tulips from halfway around the world. So I'm sure importing palms is not beyond... Uh, not a big deal. Yeah, so um, I did, but that wasn't until I was like a later teenager. When I was a kid, um, I kind of knew the basic outlines of the Christian version um, of it. Do you know it. the Christian story? Well, do you yeah, know the Jesus story? Kind of. It's very funny because like, I, I kind of do, but like, for me, there was never a strong association of like Easter and chocolate and the bunnies and like the Easter story. There um, isn't stepdad, any connection to it. Well, whatever. No, I know, but like they, the fact that they were like coinciding um, didn't necessarily like stick in my brain. My stepdad is uh, like a Catholic, but not one who went to mass or anything when I was growing up, and still doesn't. Um, so, like sometimes my parents would watch like um, the Passion like, of the Christ. No. Um, <laughs> some fa- well, I'm sorry. Jesus no, probably nobody should watch that. It was that. very popular. And uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. Yes. My parents like. Awesome. So, because those movies. Jill's Family be- cr- Easter Viewing <laughs> Passion of the Christ. Excellent. No, Passion not, of pas- the not Passion of the Christ. Oh, sorry. Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ Superstore. Star. Yeah. Superstore. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> probably Christ the, the two. Vlad, get down! Psst, psst, psst. Cat on the the counter. Can't have that. No. But, like, those are probably, like, the two Christian movies that (laughs) I definitely did not see as a kid. There was a stink around 
Temptation, tem- all of it. Yes, yeah. Temptation of Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> yeah. Both verboten, yeah. not good. Well, they would be uh, on TV. Like, they would be even on, like, the just peasant on TV. vision. They would be you must running. Have, no, you had cable. You must have had cable for Temptation of, of the Christ, because yes. that wouldn't have yeah, been we on had Farmer like, Vision. Um, we had, like, you know, analog rabbit ear, like, uh, antenna. And then we had cable... Uh, for a bit when I was a kid before we got satellite. But those things, like, it would be on satellite. Um, and so my parents would, you know, whatever. It would just be on TV, and, and they liked those movies, so we'd watch them. Um, and uh, so, but, like, the yeah, just the, we didn't do anything, like, specifically church-like for Easter. Um, we just did, like, you know, the regular, um, we would wake up, and my mom would... Uh, lay a trail of uh chocolate easter eggs from like our bedroom doors down to where uh the easter baskets were um we didn't do like a she wouldn't hide the eggs uh we didn't (laughs) we didn't do like a full-out easter egg hunt um but uh one year uh, of course she would have to hide the chocolate beforehand um especially for my brother who was a little tasmanian devil uh when it came to finding candy and whatnot and um and then probably when it came to eating the candy yeah and then the destruction that would inevitably follow yes post eating the candy so my mom was always looking for you know ever weird places to hide um the the chocolate and one year she hid them in the dryer uh because we didn't do our own laundry and then i guess she forgot that she had put all these chocolates in the dryer and she just absentmindedly was doing laundry and was like, oh, I'll have a load in there. I'll turn it on again and turn the dryer on and basically just melted all the Easter chocolate into uh, one giant chocolate ball. Um, Amongst the laundry? No, it was just like in its bag. Like, I don't know. She just, she didn't put any fresh laundry in. She just, for she in her, whatever. She forgot she put the chocolate in there. She was like, oh, whatever. I have laundry in there. I'll turn it on again or something. I don't know why. So only chocolate was in there. It was yeah. in a self-contained bag. Yes. So like so it, didn't it, didn't... Get, it didn't get all over the dryer, but it, it just like in its individual packages lost shape and just melted and then hardened. And uh, so that year she had to like scramble to just find, you know, the leftover dregs of Easter chocolate that was still for sale in, in Mooseman. But you could uh, still eat the coagulated chocolate. Yeah. Uh, but it looked like, you know, it was just like half melted rabbits and whatnot. Um, but uh, even better. I don't know. Did your parents do, my mom would always do the thing where, um, she would always buy a white chocolate Easter bunny um, for our baskets, not because either of us liked white chocolate. We didn't like it. We hated it, but she liked white chocolate. So instead of just buying herself an Easter bunny, she would buy us chocolate she knew we didn't like and put it in our baskets, and then we would give it to her. Uh, no, I assume there's always <laughs> something. That's a good parent trick. Yeah. I guess I was, would certainly use that. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, any chance that I get. Yeah. Not depriving the child. You just buy a little extra. Yeah. It's a little fun thing and they can practice sharing. Yeah. Uh, I see no problem with that. 
I would imagine that my parents would have done something similar at other times, but I don't really, I don't recall them like uh, screwing around with our chocolate. Yeah. Uh, that was the, it was always pretty, pretty decent. would obviously do like the, the Easter egg hunts. Yeah. Especially we had gigantic, we had big families, big family gatherings on, right, on both yeah. sides. So see, we didn't uh, have that. We were just our own family. We didn't do like, yeah, a big we'd gathering. also do like our own family as well. And that practice sort of like it kept on going until like into adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a little too long, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It is what it is uh, for uh, ethnically German. So we got to have ch- chocolate rituals. Right. Uh, at every, at every opportunity. Yeah. Uh, no, no one's complaining about, uh, about uh, doing like an Easter egg hunt when you're 28, <laughs> you know, gladly continue that forever. Yeah. No, no problem there. Um, but, um, I don't know, but my, my uncle owns a big like dairy farm. So mm. for that with gatherings, when gatherings were held there, they'd, they'd hide eggs all around the yard, ah, this gigantic farmyard. Right. And that would be, uh, a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that's probably like my main Easter memory. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any specifics of the Easter pageants or any sort of like Easter. No uh sermons or whatever so like sorry evangelical church you can't really <laughs> stick you can't can't really stick that hard yeah um i really have no complaints about easter i'd really have no complaints about any specific christian holidays or rituals that's yeah the thing i hope no one's getting the uh sense that i'm some sort of uh like uh bitter some bitter old uh religion hating atheist or anything like that i'm absolutely uh Absolutely not. I don't, I've, my religious upbringing, I found, I find interesting most of all, uh, just a little bit, uh, detached from it. I realized, um, as an adult, not that long ago that I really didn't actually understand the origins of Easter. Um, when I was working at the hardware store and my boss, who was Jewish, was asking me, he's like, He's like, so what exactly is the Easter story? He's like, you're a Gentile. Are you, what? <laughs> this Jewish person would not know the origins of Easter? I don't know if he was messing with me, but he was just like, what? They have Passover. Yeah, they have the Passover. Um, uh, so I, Somewhat related. And he was like, well, you're a Gentile. What's, what is, what is, what's up with Easter? And I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, uh, they thought you were a Gentile. Uh, and I just, I was like, I think there's like, you know, three days and uh, it's maybe, I was like, it's like, it's like the end of Lent. Uh, I was like, some <laughs> things that I was drawing no, no, no. out of my own like uh, haphazardly Catholic um things i was like well i know that some people in my family do lent so i know that easter is when lent ends and i know because i know more about mardi gras that that's when Lent <laughs> starts yep and uh, uh and then like he's trying to get me to explain. that's why i wish i could have been like catholic growing up like <laughs> the catholic holidays and even the catholic versions of the christian holidays seem much cooler than well, just we went- the dry evangelical even like a mennonite yeah uh culture is just very dry 
evangelicals have gotten a lot more like interesting since I was a kid, obviously. I yeah. mean, a lot more like energetic and ecstatic. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably a lot more interesting now. But, you know, the cool thing about Easter, Christmas is about like the birth of a god. East- Easter's all about killing God. Right. <laughs> and that's what the cool thing about Easter is. I guess I never even really thought uh, about but that. But no, much. it's the killing God and then and then the resurrection of God. The right. bringing uh God comes back to life. Yeah. Uh the rebirth of God in the sequel. Yeah. Over Good Friday. Yeah. Killing God, Easter Sunday, uh rebirth of God. Right. It's pretty damn cool. It's just it's just paganism with a yeah. different like that's all Spoiler alert, that's all that Christianity is, yeah. with like a different uh, skin uh, slapped on top. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry Christians, if that you don't think that's that's what your religion is. That's what it is. And that's what makes it cool yeah. and fun. And why I would still consider myself a Christian and believe in it. Because it's just, you know, paganism basically just being like noticing nature and the seasons and being like, Hey, look at all this stuff that happens. Yeah, uh, and it's on like a yearly calendar cycle. I guess let's I just, have some. Let's plan some parties around that. Yeah, I guess I just. Um, yeah, I realized when I was asked that that I was like, well, I don't really have like I never. But I you know, like the re- Bible stories. Yeah, like yeah. The whole I was like, story I don't of- really have like a received coherent narrative. My own understanding of Easter is like a pastiche of various like uh relatives talking about giving up something for lent i mean we would do easter supper we'd see have we wouldn't ham. do lent lent was not a thing in my childhood no so like my that's my more of a catholic thing i guess yeah it would be more of like i'd hear like especially older relatives talking about like either giving something up or like failing to properly give it up um, and then, uh, we'd always do Easter supper. Like we'd do a, a family like oh, yeah, Easter ham supper. and whatever, like my mom would roast a ham or whatever. Um, ham rules by the way. Yeah. And, uh, even a good, a good salty ham. My grandparents, when my grandma and grandpa, when my grandma was still alive, especially would sometimes have an Easter supper and we'd go to their house for like our Easter baskets. They would have Easter Oh, and your grandparents us. were Ukrainian. So did you well, paint eggs? no, no. Um, my grandpa was Ukrainian. My grandma was very against oh. anything Ukrainian, but I had... <laughs> she was Anglo and very dismissive of the Slavic. Yes. So, but I <laughs> did have, um, I had a teacher, our teacher in grade six was Ukrainian and we actually did Easter eggs then. Um, and yeah. like, this is where, <laughs> where I'm like, oh, this wouldn't work for me because we literally like, we each got our own lit candle in the classroom. Hmm. Um, and she had like the actual, you know, the implements and everything in the beeswax. Um, see, that's so, very Ukrainian. Yes. So we did like, and we learned all the symbols and everything. Um, and my brother had, uh, some of the materials as well. So he would sometimes do, uh, Easter eggs. Um, so yeah, we did kind of, we knew about, and my grandpa had like real Ukrainian Easter eggs that were in the family that my mom has. Um, so there was like, I, I kind of had this pastiche of like Ukrainian Easter eggs, Lent ends, there's a Bible thing that happened, chocolate. And my mom would be like, actually, this was an ancient pagan fertility rite <laughs> and the beginning of spring. Yeah. And so I had all of these different elements 
that I kind of had like collected, but no like really through line for but no any thread of them. to tie it all together. Yeah, that's the cool thing about having a religion growing up. Yeah, is, like having just... that thread to tie it all together. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, and I'm fine with that. I don't feel like I have. I think when, but you also got to enjoy like the whole panoply of yeah of, of uh, experiences and approaches to Easter. Yeah, in your exactly. little rural Saskatchewan town. Yeah, and like. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, there's not... Your grandpa's Ukrainian. There's not a lot of Ukrainians around no, Moosman. It's not... It's very Anglo. It's very Anglo. You're not... I mean, <laughs> you don't have to get it. Maybe it's a different different topic. Your family's not as Ukrainian as they look. They're also not as Gentile as as no. they look. That's interesting thing about the Jewish guy. My not religious at all. Uh, asking you about Easter. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not the one to ask, man. Like, I don't know. Um... I think I've probably started talking. I was like, I know more about like um, the the ties that the resurrection story has to like earlier religions about like Osiris and Zoroaster and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I and I I do know the Bible story, um, but like I just wasn't able to thread it together in in a way because um, I just had all these pieces, which is in itself interesting because it's more of like a ecumenical like historical view on on easter and the development of religion and uh holidays and stuff like that but um it didn't it wasn't like ingrained um it wasn't part of uh part of i guess my identity growing up i don't know no so but your grandpa wasn't wasn't specifically like religious no my grandpa's family having as far as we know, been religious or uh, Jewish before they came to Canada. Uh, they lived in a town in um, Western Ukraine, very close to sort of the Polish and Czech borders. Um, it wasn't called Ukraine at the time. Either. Yeah. They would have come from like the Austro-Hungarian empire. So my grandpa didn't even speak like pure Ukrainian um, when he would speak to my uncle Pete who who spoke like straight Ukrainian, um, my grandpa couldn't fully understand him. Uh, my grandpa's family Ukrainian was was more of a mix of like Polish and Russian and whatever. Um, it was like, even though their town that they came from wasn't that big, um, their, their Ukrainian was not pure Ukrainian. The region was historically part of the, like the Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth. And then it was, it got passed around yeah. a bunch of times. It yeah. happened to be in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah, and their family's the background fa- is family is also over. very common in the Czech Republic. Um, like it's yeah, so they're they're uh, probably not the most Ukrainian Ukrainians either. They like my grandpa didn't. They barely went to church. Uh, they were not. Um, they were only nominally ukrainian they had Catholic, only orthodox they'd you, go to church for funerals and weddings basically i don't know how much you want to go into it but your family was only when they came to canada was only very recently had started pretending to be ukrainian yes, yeah and pretending to be christian yeah <laughs> they were i mean they there's definitely like i think they had been in the in a ukrainian area long enough that culturally they were they had already culturally acclimatized they were f- like they were fine uh like they in, had left the assuming your family is from farther 
Yeah, but I east, think that was maybe a few generations. Um, but the Bohemian to, yeah. Jewish culture had melted away. Yeah, because they, they by that. Yeah, point. but they they still weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Um, they weren't especially devout. Um, like I had no idea that even like I don't. I, assume he was but like i don't know if my grandfather was baptized i don't know he really doesn't didn't know anything about <laughs> catholicism um, but uh um they were or ortho- orthodox yeah they were they weren't or i guess yeah orthodox um so they they just yeah uh my and my grandma like they could have been catholic as well yeah well, you know. My grandma was um, Anglo, but again, just um, they weren't church-going people. My grandparents did not go to church. They weren't like stridently atheist. They just simply didn't really care uh, to do so. So my mom wasn't raised in a church. I don't even know if there's a church in her hometown. Could you quickly quickly tell the story of how you found out your family could secretly be Jewish? I guess I don't know if I've told this one on the podcast. <laughs> I don't before. think you have. Um, well, um, one of my mom's cousins, one of the older cousins who still lives like outside of Battleford, just like the more Ukrainian cousins, um, was doing some sort of family trying to do genealogy, uh, which is very difficult when your your ancestors come from um, Eastern Europe uh, or like there's usually very few records or they're hard to get a hold of if you don't speak the language. Um, but um, at some point she sort of came across uh, some names that seemed very Jewish, uh, just some indications that the family had, had been Jewish at one point. And uh, so she went to my grandpa's, um, my grandpa's oldest brothers were twins, uh, Mike and George, and George was still alive. Uh, or actually I can't remember if it was Mike or George, but one of them, they were both still, they lived to be quite old. Um, and she went to go see them in the hospital and, uh, one of them can't remember which one it was, uh, and sort of just asked them like, Hey, like doing this genealogy stuff, like were we Jewish at some point? And, uh, he reacted very badly. Um, he was sort of like, nobody's supposed to know about that. How'd you find out? Don't tell anyone. Um, so it seems like as the old, like as the two oldest boys, they knew. So why would, why the change of, uh, of cultural identity then? Um, I think it just made things easier. Um, at the time while well, in where they were living in Europe, um, the town that my grand great grandparents came from was 50% Jewish. It had a very high Jewish population. Um, but there was still, you know, uh, periodic crackdowns or pogroms against Jewish folks. Um, and uh, then there was also... I should say it remained 50% Jewish up until the time up of until the World the War II. World War, yeah. yeah. And then um, it would also make immigration easier. Um, my great-grandmother left first uh they didn't leave together um she you know unusually for the late 1800s early 1900s uh she owned a house she inherited your, grand, it. your great-grandmother yes my great-grandmother owned she, property she owned property she owned a house she had inherited it um but uh male members of the family uh did not 
think that this is what should be happening and wanted her to just sort of come and take care of them. They were sort of like appropriating her uh, her house yeah. and property. They were just sort of like, eh, and... I don't think so. You, you're going to come with us and come look after us in our house. And she, as my grandpa um, said, she said, to hell with that. And uh, she, her cousins um, on, on her, her side uh, were heading to Canada. And so she's like, you know what? That sounds great. Um, and she tried to talk my great grandfather into coming with her. But at that time, I mean, you're a peasant in Ukraine or what would be Ukraine later on. Um, you know, you're taking it on faith that this place called Canada exists um, and that it isn't some sort of like scam. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, he, he, he didn't think it was a good idea. Um, so he stayed behind. Um, so she did not have... That's actually kind of smart, like, yeah. you know, to send the scout out to see yeah. if it's a scam or not. Yeah. So and she like, didn't have her travel papers. And I imagine traveling as a married woman without your husband was also very suspect. And had you been identifying as Jewish, you would have been flagged, um, especially by, yeah, she would have come through Ellis Island. Uh, at that time, uh, most immigrants uh, coming, usually coming out of Hamburg to New York, um, and then, uh, so she came with your family's name. Isn't a common Ukrainian name. Either. It's, it's, it's very common in the Ukraine, in Ukraine now. Um, and it's more common in Canada, but it's not, it, it doesn't It's not sound, even especially, uh, it's not common in Ukraine now. No, not super common, but like, that's where the most people with that last name live. Um, but, uh, um, so she, she came over with her cousins and um, she worked on the railroad uh, to make money and um, they would send... Your great-grandmother worked on the railroad? What was her job? I don't know. I don't know. My mom might know. I'd have to ask. Um, but uh, she made money and then she would write um, her husband back in Ukraine um, and because uh, the Ukrainian societies had sort of set up um, if, if you couldn't read and write, you could go to the reading halls and dictate a letter to somebody and they'd send it there. And then there was reading halls back in, uh, your hometown where you could take your letter and somebody there still read are a few of those you. buildings. Yeah, they're around. still around. And, um, so eventually she convinced him that, yes, like if you come over here and we both work for a few years, we can buy land and... Like we can have a good life more than like we would have over there. And so a couple of years later, he, he came over, uh, followed her over and they, they um, bought some land uh, sort of outside of North Battleford a town called Hafford. If you go today, the street signs are in Cyrillic. There's like, I think it's a town of like 120 people and there's three Ukrainian churches. Uh, so it's very deeply, it's right in the block. Um, so they had a, a homestead and uh, yeah, so uh, probably Jewish. They're sort of like the wild Ukrainians, like my aunts and uncle, my great aunts and uncles, my brothers. Uh, I don't, this is like talk for another hour. So <laughs> this I'm is to, probably, this is a whole other episode. This is a other, do you want to talk about for another? No, Cause this I is don't. fascinating. You're, you're getting into the really I know, cool I, stories. I don't think so. Cause this is a whole we'll have other, to set aside time for another, a whole other thing. Yeah. You probably just even save that that part for another time if it doesn't fit in with the entire episode. Yeah, that's true. I might do that. But we should 
should those are the your family stories that are fascinating to me, and I would like to hear you uh, talk about them yeah. some more. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Soon. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's that part of your family's history is really fascinating. Like you come from a long line of like women go getters, just <laughs> like you know, just hardworking, pioneering. I don't know, very assertive very assertive women you don't yeah. i mean you come by it extremely honestly yeah with just very just attached to like basically like uh just like gentle reasonable uh <laughs> you know like more whatever or passive men no or whatever more passive men yes <laughs> that's what, what am i trying to say jump in and and save me from describing myself as a long line of uh of uh, patsy men attached to your domineering uh women i think uh, accepting supportive men <laughs> accepting supportive men yes exactly but i think that's i think that's pretty cool um and fascinating that if your family hadn't uh, left their town pre-world war one if they had stuck around for world war ii there's a good chance that your family wouldn't exist yeah exactly uh, anymore mm -hmm. they would have been victims of the holocaust yeah so that's kind of that's kind of fascinating those little twists and turns of history great grandmother uh refusing to uh put up with it uh and the fast <laughs> yeah and the fascinating thing is if my craker family also from ukraine different parts of ukraine the dnieper river region but yeah. whatever my my like both it. sides of my family came to canada in the 1870s mm -hmm. and if they had stayed in ukraine the what it was then the ukraine uh, until World War II, they might have been Holocaust collaborators. Yeah. Um, so, but now, because both of our families came to Canada when they did, um, obviously benefiting from the clearing of the plains of the indigenous people, as we all know about, or whatever. Um, and that's another story. Obviously, we're reading the book right now. Um but if those two accidents of history hadn't happened, like our families would have been had much different stories, and mm -hmm. we might, and we certainly wouldn't have met, and we wouldn't exist. We we wouldn't you exist. You might exist. I might exist. <laughs> I wouldn't. You wouldn't exist. <laughs> no, that's really kind of interesting. But our child, hopefully, they make the pregnancy okay and come mm -hmm. into this world. We'll have that. Uh, that heritage from both sides of the family, mm -hmm. both of it's really fascinating and talking about being like, we'll be an exceptional like European mongrel. Yeah. Uh, if you believe in such thing as like uh, bloodlines or whatever, which is <laughs> bullshit, but yeah. you know, family stories get passed down and that's what uh, you get to, you get to, and that's fast. I don't know. That's fascinating. At least, stuff uh, at least we know that you and I have a little bit of genetic separation. Well, that's actually really good. <laughs> and what's actually interesting is like through like through your extended family, like you can like bring in our child won't be indigenous. No. There's no indigenous bloodline stuff. Yeah. But an indigenous cultural heritage will be an influence on them as well through your extended family. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a neat thing. I don't know, the Canadian cultural melting pot. Uh, there's not really a lot whatever, that's bullshit too. But like yeah. really there's more that like binds us all together that we have in common, hopefully, as generations go through. Yeah. Than there should be that's going to like keep us separate and separate us. And yeah, I don't know. We're not all in competition with each other. I feel like um, 
we'll have to talk more about the family stuff. Um, my, my mom has become like a little more forthcoming. Um, I think it being excited about the baby has her telling more stories. Um, so I might be able to get some more information out of her in the next little while as well. We'll see what sort of family stories start coming out. Like having a baby. She's also not arrive. the most reliable narrator. That's the fun thing too about family <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah. That nobody's a reliable narrator. No. Half of it's made up. Yeah. Um, and half of it's exaggerated. Yeah. Everyone has the most amazing family histories. Talk to any uh, Canadian Scottish person, see oh, yeah. what uh, Earl and Baron they're descended from. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of that's all bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, it's fun to tell stories. And the stories <laughs> that you tell children, like that's how you condition condition them into 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 what they believe their role in the world to be yeah. and what the world is like. So yeah. that's... I don't know. Let's leave it. Okay. Let's leave it there. Yeah. Thanks for talking for so long. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk again soon. This was fun. Maybe we'll get another blizzard and uh, we'll do some more <laughs> podcasting soon. You never know. We'll see. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good April. Happy Easter. Happy Easter mm-hmm. to well, all. Happy Ramadan and Passover. It's a. It's a. It's a meeting of uh, Ramadan super. The early celestial this year. convergence. Yeah. Woo! Happy religion holiday to everybody happening right now too but happy everything to everyone hopefully uh the snow will eventually melt um and uh spring will happen Uh, it's a good chance i mean it's happened every year up until this point i guess you gotta but you never know you never know you never know we'll update you on the next one all right all right bye-bye I look at you, I don't understand Why'd you let the things you did get so out of hand? You'd have managed better if you'd had a plan Why'd you choose such a backwards time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you would have reached the whole nation It's really for BC, had no mass communication